given the role, as a lot of you will see when you when you start out. That that kind of tends to happen. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, let's see. How do you balance your work versus your studying with, uh, as Andre says, without mentally going insane? Uh, <laughs> I I I procrastinate a lot. Um, <laughs> but I I guess. Without going insane, I, I do a lot of things other than just sit at my computer or just try to study or learn. Um, I mean, I do have those days where I kind of go down the rabbit hole where I think I need to learn everything in a day or I need to brush up on things in a day. But um, I actually do uh, martial arts, so that's kind of the exact opposite of cybersecurity. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would I would say it's good to have it's physical security. Diff- right, correct. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So yeah, I, I do jujitsu, which is awesome. I mean, I highly recommend people check that out. Um, but yeah, I definitely have different passions other than just cybersecurity or penetration testing. Moving into this, I'll, I'll tailor Andre's question towards your answer that you gave previously. Moving into your increased responsibilities with security and whatnot, did you get that were you working that job because you needed a job for money? Were you working it because you knew that you wanted to grow in security or how did, how did that come up? Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm a little older than most people in, well, I wouldn't say most people, but I'm a little older in my college life, I guess I'm 25. Uh, so a lot of the people that I'm going to school with are around 21, 22. Um, so yeah, I definitely needed a job for money and I always grew up having a job with my daddy's, uh, uh, uh contractor so i mean i definitely wanted something that was in the field uh and i, I kind of got sick of working a job that was just for money so i took a little bit less pay just because i wanted that experience and it's really hard to find people who will give you who will give you that that opportunity um and not just recruiters trying to give you a help desk job because they don't understand what information security is LinkedIn recruiters at their <laughs> finest. Yeah, oh my god! Yeah. I reviewed your profile. It looks like you'd be great for our level one tech support position. Oh um, my! It's it's so <laughs> it's so bad. If you don't have any job history, they're like, yeah, no, we do have a help desk position open. Even if you do have job history, even if you have management experience, yeah, we have a help desk position open. Yeah, help. I mean, rule of thumb: help desk positions are always open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. Let's see. I'm going to try to blend a couple of questions here together. Let's see. What, where did you, how did you find your passion in cybersecurity? What made you pick cybersecurity over you know, more or less security-enabled roles like network admin, sysadmin, stuff like that, or uh, more like back office development, that kind of thing? Any Any insight there as to how you took that route or why you have preference towards security now honestly when i was so when i first started going to college as most kids do when they get out of high school they don't really know what they want to do um i really was into history i had a huge passion for it uh but i kind of failed to understand that you couldn't go from i'm sorry at a my uh follower emo is quite loud sorry i went off my uh <laughs> 
So I, I kind of failed to understand that you couldn't go from college uh, to just being on the History Channel talking about history. Uh, you kind of had to be a teacher or, or something like that. So I, I quickly gave up history after that. And what, what led me to cybersecurity was uh, I just started gaming, like computer gaming. I, I understand that has no correlation really, but I think a lot of people find this career because they, they like computers and they don't really know where it's going to take them, but they kind of have an idea like, yeah, I want to do something with computers, um, but just not IT. I, I think IT is so, it's it's soul-sucking to me. So, um, so yeah, I, I, yep. I, I kind of, so like, hey, can you come uh, come in our, our office today and install this camera for us? Like, okay, man, I'll be, I'll be right there. Um, so yeah, I, I was just really interested in cybersecurity because uh, I, I kind of just thought that that was where all of our our future wars were going to happen. I mean, and it seems like a really dramatic reason to pick that. But I, I mean, when you're starting out, you have like these really strange notions as to what something is. But as I kind of unpacked cybersecurity with my classes, um, even the beginning classes, they were very general and you, you really didn't even know what you were doing. Like you're like, I, I, I took a, a desktop support class in a, in my, for my cybersecurity degree and we were just learning control panel. And I was like, uh, what? I, I, don't, I really don't understand. Um, but yeah, I, I think just the, the fantasy of cybersecurity led me to cybersecurity. And then when I actually learned what it was, I, I just fell more in love with it. Gotcha. Let's see. Well, just get this quick one out of the way. What's your favorite drink? Oh, my favorite drink? Yeah. Is it's probably gonna be a terrible answer, but water. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a bad answer. Um, terrible. I mean, uh, water or coffee? Black okay. coffee. So that's probably also a terrible answer. It's it's better than better than water. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I'm not uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Did CTFs help you gain knowledge in when transitioning from a less te less technical IT or security position into those more technical roles? I would I would say so. Yeah, but uh, not in the ways that I think people think. Um, so they didn't help me in the in the fact that I know how to complete them quickly or I know exactly how to do certain things that they asked me but they really challenged me to I'm 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 terrible at them let's I mean let's they're 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 definitely one of the tougher things in uh kind of the penetration testing knowledge or uh curriculum i guess you could call it as you're trying to work your way up to getting a job um but i think one thing that uh i kind of had a fantasy view about when i first started was that you're gonna know everything and you're gonna have to know everything to get a job and and if you don't know something that someone's easily gonna pick you out in an interview and be like this guy has no idea what he's doing um so so to answer your question quickly no i'm i'm terrible at at CCFs. Um, I have been doing some freelance work uh, in computer forensics and some basic penetration testing, and that's kind of got me a couple clients. Um, I don't know. I mean, you guys have probably seen me around the Discord asking insane amounts of questions. Uh, so 
so no i would say no but i think in the long run yes if that if that makes sense i can elaborate on that if that helps as well no it makes i think the point that you're making that i really agree with is that one walking in the door you're going to know nothing and the only way to start learning things is by just sending it just just go for it and see where you end up ask questions google shit and run into issues and try to fix them and uh you're never gonna know everything you're never right. going to be you, – you, you could be could become a subject matter expert and be really good at one very narrow piece of cybersecurity, but nobody is like Mr. Cybersecurity ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And even being at the job I am now, I, I, I learn things every day, and it's, it's a much different thing to see something in a curriculum or a classroom or um, just any kind of online learning. And it's a, a totally different thing to actually put it into practice when you are on the job or trying to start your own business. And but yeah, I think I think a lot of people put too much weight into knowing everything and to completing all of these CTFs and kind of getting all of that. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the word would be for it, but accolades. accomplishing. All, yeah, all these accolades. And I mean, I, I've been fine. Not saying I don't want to learn them. I 100% do, but as a starter in the field of cyber forensics and penetration testing, trying to get my own business started, I've been fine with clients and I, I still, I'm terrible at them. Let's see. Uh, starting out, did you have any skills, uh, either technical or like programming, anything like that? Um, and did you run into any, any obstacles as you were, growing and learning and all that uh so i had a few technical skills but not not early on in life like i wasn't one of those kids that was on a computer at a young age i would say i started really diving into anything technical with computers when i was about 17 um i was always a a console kid i guess you could say (laughs) growing up uh for better or worse but yeah, so I dabbled in just basic HTML, CSS, JavaScript. So I kind of had an idea of what programming was. I, w- I use the word programming lightly when talking about HTML and CSS. Um, but again, coming into an, an it's it's one thing. Like I, I do Python going into my job, but then actually seeing it put together, used with Django. Um, kind of incorporating it with web frameworks and things like that. I it, it, I had a lot to learn. I, I quickly realized when I first started. Uh, I, that's a good point. I think when people that have uh, non-work-related programming experience is they're siloed into one language at a time, and they do they write one piece of software in Java or one piece of software in Python. It does one task, but no, that's not how programming and software and whatnot works in the real world, especially in networking and information security, where you're going to have different programs talking to each other and APIs and everything's in a different language and got to right. figure out how to pass that data and all that. That's that's one of the things that I learned when I started, because uh, I only really started really getting into Python here in the last few months. And uh, Right, yeah, no, that's, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that jumped out at me. We do have new people that come in to where I work and um, they'll write beautiful code, like just beautiful Python code. Um, but they just, you could tell they kind of bought like, uh, what's that book? Um, Automate the Boring Stuff. 
you could tell that they uh they kind of just read those and, and they wrote beautiful code they just don't they 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 have no idea what to do with it um so yeah no it's it's definitely harder to put it into a job atmosphere than to just do it at home or but again the only the only way you're going to get better at it is just failing honestly would you agree with me saying that and well it applies really to most technical concepts but when it comes to programming and whatnot doing it in the real world is motivating in a way because then you can see the you know that your code's going to something actually productive and not just a you know a grade uh oh definitely yeah it's also very humbling um but also very discouraging if you take it the wrong way uh especially if you're working under a really senior developer or a senior software engineer um so yeah my my code basically goes to so it, it comes back to what i said before when you first when you go to these startups or kind of smaller companies you have just different jobs um so essentially one of my jobs is just being a junior programmer just writing basic python scripts and sending them to the senior software engineer um anthony who i just did an interview with and he was one of the biggest teachers for me because he didn't really pull any punches when telling you how terrible what you just wrote was <laughs> but he all but he also <laughs> i mean if you find someone that that does that great but if if they just do that and that's it that they're probably not the kind of person you want to learn from but he would also show me why it was and what to do next um so yeah i think i think senior members of the industry really have a huge responsibility to kind of shuttle the newer um up into that top echelon of of the industry it sounds like he's not maybe not a mentor per se but at least a good uh a leader or instructor from that perspective oh absolutely yeah no definitely definitely a mentor let's see we already kind of asked that we'll come back to that in a second let's see so post-graduation and then five years down the line, where do you see yourself graduating? What do you want to do? And then in five years, how do you want to grow and whatnot? So, yeah, my, my five-year plan is kind of to continue working where I am now for at least a year. Um, just learn. I mean, I, I really found a good learning environment. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure too much about, like, the product and – and all that didn't, doesn't really matter to me, but just the environment that I'm, not, I'm in now is just really conducive to good quality learning. Um, but yeah, five years down the line, I think I see myself owning my own business or at least on the brink of kind of breaking out my own business, um, becoming just a full-time penetration tester. It's really my passion. Um, it's also one of the harder things that I think to do. It's 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 super fun in practice, but... And it's also super fun in the profession, but it has different challenges when you're actually trying to complete a report for, say, a client. But yeah, definitely having my own penetration testing business. I think two two comments on that. One, I think MSSPs are a great entry point into the field for any area of information security um, or IT too. Even if you're not in security, an MSP, a, a standard MSP is a great place to start, only because of the they're going to have the clients put together. They're going to have the work ready for you. There's plenty of work to be done, and you, you, if you have that initiative, you can start learning things. 
Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. Second comment is being that well, I'm not a pen tester, but I used to help pen testers with it. Is something nobody really realizes is the worst part about pen testing is the report writing. Oh my God, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, oh, don't that if you're and... if you want to get into hacking, you better be good at writing. Yep. Or have someone someone or, or, or know somebody <laughs> that's really good at it that you're gonna pay good money to do it for you because they're they're gonna know how much you're making. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they definitely will, and um, they're gonna want a lot more than most normal report writers. Yeah, technical writers in 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 the pen testing field know their worth. That's for sure. Um, right. Uh, certifications that you're pursuing right now. Uh, for right now, my main goal is, I would say, in the next two years, just take the uh, OSCP. Do you have um, any at the moment? At the moment, I have. I think I have security plus and all of, all of my certifications have been through school. So no, I haven't gone on my own and taken them, but the courses at the, actually the community college I was in before I started going to Utica, um, offered all of their, like their CCNA one, CCNA, uh, was through the curriculum at test out. And then at the end you could take the certification. So I'm not exactly sure which ones I have. I know I have, I think it's security plus and comp. CompTIA, I think. Uh, CompTIA is the the organization that runs Security Plus. Oh, okay. No, then uh, just Security Plus. Gotcha. Okay, same. Um, let's see. I don't know too many of these acronyms. I only know OSCP. But uh, Leon asks, "What is your plan after finishing OSCP? Do you plan to branch out and experience more things, or do you want to specialize in other certifications like OSCE or OSEE?" What is the OSC or OSE? I'm not familiar with that. I, I couldn't tell you. Let me check. More off, offensive security something is my guess. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Um, Another certification. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no, I understood that. Let's um, see. So, Exploitation expert. Right. That's what EE so stands I, for. I may, I may want to do... Uh, something like that. I th I think for me, just a lot of the the prestige that comes with the OSCP, um, and, and more from like a personal achievement kind of realm instead of like a uh, an accolade that a company will uh, prioritize to hire me for. Um, since I kind of do want to go into my own business, uh, I I may go for other certifications but for right now just the oscp uh get my master's and kind of go the education route the traditional education route just just for my own i guess you could say selfish personal uh reasons sure but yeah no i, I definitely i definitely think i will look into uh future or other certifications let's see interviews what do you skies 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 asks about interviews what was the interview process like but i think this is kind of a rabbit hole we could dive down if you'd like oh yeah absolutely uh so yeah like like, like i said a lot of help desk jobs um a, a lot of unnecessary questions like almost like a and that's a very general answer obviously not every interview has a lot of unnecessary questions but i, I feel like a lot of companies like a 
especially where I live, um, being as a lot of the interviews were in, in New York City. Um, just a lot of, I don't know if you guys have ever been a part of like a, uh, a developer interview where you have like a technical side to the interview where you kind of have to show your skills. Um, one of the interviews that I had for IT in the city was the technical interview was me installing the software of a Logitech camera. Um, and that's that's kind of when I knew I didn't want to be in IT anymore. <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're in the interview and like, damn, I already hate this job. Yeah, I was at a hospital and they were like, uh, yeah, what if we need this installed? Do you know the drivers you need to download? And I was just thinking in my head, like drivers, what do you, I just download Logitech software off of the Logitech website. Um, but yeah, it, interviews is, it's tough. It's, it's really, I would say, even if you're underqualified for a job, now I don't know how specific companies will work, but usually companies don't hold it against you if you apply when you're underqualified and then reapply when you're qualified. Um, whatever underqualified means, but I would say just try to get on as many interviews as you can, just to get familiar and comfortable with the process and the kind of questions they're going to ask. Um, also, I would say a lot of information security or cybersecurity interviews. I've been on three, um, so a lot of those are not really based on. A lot of those are not. Yes, yeah, sorry, right. cut out for a second. You're good. A lot of those aren't really based on. I mean, the three I've been a part of are were were more like personality tests. Um, so not a lot of technical questions. They they kind of just wanted to see your accolades again, which I don't I don't really agree with. Um, but yeah, just a, a lot of them seem like if you were going to be a good fit for their their specific team. So just a lot of personality interviews. I think kind of snowballing off of that, a lot of those, especially entry-level positions for current college students or recent grads, they 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 do look for those accolades, which, you know, depending on your opinion, could be a positive or a negative, or depending on how how much effort you put into it, again, could be a positive or a negative. But a right. lot of these companies out there, they're looking for that baseline knowledge of, do you know what IP address is? Can you explain to me what RDP is? Stuff like that. Because they'd rather teach you the the complex work and just have somebody on board that's going to be there for a while and contribute meaningfully because a lot of what cybersecurity is is not just your job description. You're going to be doing a lot more. And so they want somebody that they're going to be able to train and constantly grow and take on new tasks, and especially in the service industry where you have to be on top of things to be able to jump on the right business opportunities for sales and the like. Right. No, I would agree. They kind of are almost probing to see like your learning process and, and your ability to learn. A lot of it is going to be all on the job uh, learning that you're doing. And there, I really don't think there is a, a better way to learn than when you're just kind of thrown into it and you either have to rely on a coworker to kind of walk you through certain things, or you just have to kind of rely on the time that you're given at work to kind of fish through those problems yourself something i do want to stress for people who think they're not qualified or are on the fence about applying for a job or interviewing is just do it the worst that happens oh, I, is they yeah. don't accept you and the best that happens is they hire you and you put that effort into it and you get a lot out of it i got hired at my first job 
with zero tech experience. And I got hired because the company I was at needed warm bodies because the Puerto Rico office was closed because of a hurricane. And they were like, we need to cover night shift somehow. So I got hired as a warm body and I was able to take full advantage of that and make myself useful and make myself integral to business operations. And, you know, that's right. If you can put that effort into it, position yourself in such a way, then, you know, it still can be a great opportunity and don't be afraid. I think is the the point I'm trying to make there. Don't be afraid to apply for a job or go in for an interview knowing nothing because the worst that happens again, they say no and they ask you a hard question. You don't know the answer to, and now you have an answer to a hard question in the future. Yeah, and just becoming familiar with the interview process because it is like a very strange kind of atmosphere when you first walk in there. Um, like one of, one of the interviews, yeah. Oh yeah, one of the interviews I went on, I was so nervous. I and I, I mean I'm 25. I'm not a young a young kid. I'm I'm still I was still terrified. Um, I, th- I showed up in a three piece suit, and the woman that kind of the secretary that I first spoke with. Uh, where I was asking her where I where I should kind of go to do my interview, she was wearing sweatshorts and she had just damp hair, like just no, just the the juxtaposition right there was just it was it was funny to me and it was kind of like a a light moment when I was absolutely terrified going into my interview. Yeah, I, I think I think people put a lot more emphasis on interviews when they're for themselves than the actual people who are interviewing you do. I think something. Uh, last my last point I want to make for interviews unless we snowball into something else is especially in startups the secretary at the front desk or whoever is sitting at the front desk that you don't know what their job title is be nice as shit to them because I guarantee you if you say something wrong to them you piss them off or you offend them or something you're not getting that job no matter how good you did on the interview Oh, absolutely, That's, yeah. In the startup culture where everyone's on the same team, regardless of what your job description is, you piss one person off in your interview process, you're done. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, I 100% I think that agree. Speaks for, I think that speaks outside of IT even in general, just mm-hmm. going in for a job interview. But a point that I do want to make is I, I – because I did interview somebody like that where at my old job where they aced the job interview. They were great. We're like, okay, we're, we're ready to call him back when he's driving home and tell him he's got the job. And our uh, HR person slash receptionist slash does a whole bunch of stuff around the company. It was like, hey, no, he, he, I forget what he said, but he said something that was very uh, disappointing to hear. He, he was basically talking down on the girl because she wasn't a tech person. But yeah, so we were like, okay, cool. Yep. See you later. You're not yeah, getting that no. job. Yeah. yeah, and and to your point, yeah, especially in the startup companies, like a, the actually the secretary that I was just speaking about, um, did a ton of like data analysis for me, um, and she did not look like she knew what data was when I first walked in there, and she completely surprised me. She's insanely smart, and yeah, no, I I a hundred percent agree. I think that speaks for startup culture as a whole, where. <laughs> Everyone, no, but you don't have a job description. You do whatever you're good at and whatever you're willing to learn when you're at a startup. Doesn't necessarily yeah, mean that your titles your titles don't mean anything. <laughs> no, no, they don't at all. And um, especially in a lot of these startups, with them kind of going up and down so frequently, you will see people come in and kind of create this highfalutin title for themselves so they can put it on their LinkedIn. Um, but 
in reality, they're not doing anything anywhere anywhere near that. So don't yeah. be intimidated by the titles. Yeah, that's, that is <laughs> painfully true. Um, <laughs> let's see. Is there anything you learned that didn't seem useful at the time, but may have helped later on from TTYA0? You know, um, hmm. I would say a lot of the networking classes that I first took, uh, just with basic protocols, uh, that I, yeah, the, a lot of the networking classes, I, I would say for the first year of my getting me, my associates, uh, when I, when I would listen to the lectures for those, they kind of seem very redundant and like, why would I ever use this? But it, but those classes really have turned into kind of the foundations that I'm going to try to build on um, as I try to become more senior in this industry. And as I said before, like when I was first going through getting my associates, I really, I kind of just messed around those classes because I, I really didn't see the reason to, to try to put myself totally in my, I felt like I knew all of that stuff, but really having good fundamentals, especially um, in just basic networking is, is one of the greatest advantages. Yeah. I think that even from a, from the perspective of, yes, you can Google everything, having that foundation when it comes to common ports services and IP addressing and subnetting and whatnot will make you more efficient. Because if you're looking oh, at yeah. if you're looking at like network logs, doing a network forensic or a network analysis situation, and you can see traffic coming from an IP address that's not from a private IP range going to the destination port of three three eight nine, that's going to jump out at you immediately. Versus if you don't have that baseline knowledge, that just looks like another packet to you. Right. So that's yeah, and little things I like really... that can make you more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. And what really made me go back over my network fundamentals is what you just kind of said right there when uh, we were learning just basic Wireshark principles, and I had absolutely no idea what I was looking at. Let's see. Is there anything you learned? Okay, we covered that. Security analyst in the future, or do you want to change career paths? So it sounds like you do want to start your own company primarily doing like pen testing. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that um, my goal is to kind of move out of the state I'm in right now. So I, I would definitely be open to taking on another security analyst role in when I move just to kind of cement myself in that area. Uh, also, a security analyst role, say, in Colorado where I want to move and the security analyst role I'm doing now could be two completely different things. So there is really always a lot that I probably, well, that I definitely will learn. From just switching companies or switching specializations, for lack of a better word. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely want to want to really throw myself at just becoming a penetration tester. It's one of the most interesting things to me, and I feel like the job. Net, I don't think any job in cybersecurity is really the same every day. Like, you, regardless of how similar your job title might sound, it's always going to be different. But I really think that penetration testing is one of those things that's really just moving at such a rapid. A rapid pace and you really have to always constantly be studying and and honing your game that that really excites me yeah i think uh from a, from that perspective at least a sock analyst position might be a bit more repetitive and mundane compared to a engineering position even if they both are you know 
security analyst title. Yeah, uh, absolutely. What you're doing in a SOC versus what you're doing as a pen tester is entirely different work. Right. And, and again, like the titles will really confuse you in, especially in technical jobs. Um, what just, I learned to do is just not, not so much ask them what their title is, but what, what they actually do. <laughs> right. Get, yeah. Get, get, or at least, <laughs> at least a, a good, a good uh, question to ask is, are you blue team or are you red team? Like, right. Like, at least yeah. get you in the door. Yeah. Don't, don't, I would definitely put job title as, unless you want to move from the company you're in, then job title, I mean, this isn't the way it should be, but it, it's the way it is. Job title definitely matters when you want to move from a company to a different company. But while you're in that company, your your job title really doesn't, yeah, really doesn't sum up everything you're doing or 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 less. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. Do you have an opinion on IT studies being taught in people's respective native languages instead of English? Um. No, I, I mean, I, I, I don't really have an opinion on that, but uh, if I was to just kind of throw one out there, uh, I think that if he, from the role of the person studying the IT, I think it's always a good rule of thumb to put yourself in the best possible position to get jobs. And I think the best possible way to get jobs in something like this is just learn a common tongue. I don't, I don't think you should have to, I don't at all. Um, but I think just for, if that's someone asking a question for themselves, then, then yeah, but no, I don't, I don't think it should be taught in any specific way or, or, or manner. Yeah. I think it's ultimately, it's based upon your region. I think if you're in North or South America, I mean, English is going to be good no matter where you go. Right. But North right. or South America, English, if you're in East Asia, Chinese and Central uh, Central Asia or Eastern Europe, Russian. Right. I yeah. No, those, I, those I like definitely would. languages at least. Yeah. So I think wherever your region kind of beckons you to, but I think learn having some sort of English, well, not some sort of English, actually <laughs> learning being, English, being that, that's definitely a plus. English, yeah. Correct. Yeah. You can put Especially it on your Especially if you want to go international. Profile. If you never, if you're, a, if you're looking, watching us from China right now, then and you never want to leave China and China number one, then, yeah, then, you don't need to learn, <laughs> then you don't need to learn English, right? You don't need to go anywhere, yeah. Learn, <laughs> do whatever good. you want. But if you want to go yeah. international or you want to have that option, then English is, I, I think that's yeah. probably the best Agreed. way to look at Also, it. I think, uh, I mean, this may kind of be off topic, but I, I think a lot of these IT jobs are going to be outsourced the way we kind of see, mm -hmm. it's a bad example, but um, call centers outsource. Uh, like all the remote work you can do, and how much of kind of a bubble we're in as a as an industry when it comes to salaries i think a lot of giant companies are going to just start outsourcing their it um, I, I can say my i work for a fortune 500 financial services company and we do outsource um, a lot of our software quality management and software testing right uh, we've got a for one specific program that we have that's been quite buggy since release for the last couple of years now, it's, and it's we have to have it because of regulation, but it's not working that great. We've got a team right. of, I think, around 100 devs in India that all they do is test and report bugs and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. that uh, We used a company from India as well. Um, they would always, they would always send code is. back with, with no comments. No comments it was very hard. or very no poorly, uh, poorly written in English and 
bad grammar. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those are those fun. are pretty prevalent. Yeah. But they do. They do. Yeah. No. It's it's part of it's, it's early, they're Easter eggs. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> the fun part. Fun part of the job. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Frog. Oh, actually, those those couple of questions were from Kevin Vorn, one of the recruiters in here. Um, Frog, who I, to his credit, almost banned the other day, and then it, and Dino was down, and I couldn't ban him, so he's still in Discord and hasn't gotten banned yet. <laughs> otherwise, uh, Frog would like to know what's the most scariest thing you've seen on the dark web if you browse the dark web. So, uh, yeah, no, I I, uh, I definitely do. Um, so scariest thing I've seen was not for me personally seeing it. Um, but I had a coworker who is a freelance journalist of sorts, and he found a Russian hacker chat form. I'm not sure of the name. It was roughly translated from Russian. So, um, but inside that forum, they were doing crowdfunded assassinate assassinations. Um, so that, that was fun. Uh, it's a kickstarter for getting somebody killed yeah Interesting. uh so that was good and any I've, I've i mean i never really go down the rabbit hole of the dark web because i just i really i know, I know what i'll find and i don't really want to find it um but yeah I, I would say that was one of the scarier things aside from the obvious uh insanely sexual related chat rooms that are all over the dark web yeah De- definitely do not click on anything. <laughs> yeah, it kind of boils back down to that core cybersecurity concept of just don't just just don't fucking click links, please. That that that's half of half of my job. Yeah, is if, just hey hey maybe don't click that link that says you get a free trip to the Caribbean. You know, yeah, like no. maybe, maybe don't click that one. Yeah, good idea. <clears throat> Um, yeah. let's see, we already answered that. What is your main resource for studying and learning different subjects in cybersecurity? My main, re- I mean, as, as simple as it might sound, YouTube and talking to other people. Uh, aside, I mean, obviously aside from my curriculum at school. Um, so, I mean, I, I definitely learned a lot from school. I can't say I don't, but just kind of testing the waters for what my my interests are rather than what my responsibilities are because in school you can kind of get put on a track where it's like you have to do this or you have to do that um i, I can't say that the curriculum I, i've been in has been actually really fun um but yeah no definitely youtube uh and and just talk to people like we do it in the discord people will always mention something you don't know that's just kind of the industry we're in. You're never going to be able to say, oh, I know that to everything someone says in, in this kind of industry. You're going to have to say, I don't know that a lot and, and feel comfortable saying that. And then kind of just looking up, looking it up and just researching it on your own. So Idan asks, what kind of martial art are you doing at the moment? Uh, at the moment, I am doing Muay Thai and uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And then Idan also asks, for someone with a background in software development and related that, to that kind of back-end stuff, what's the first subject you'd suggest them to study if they wanted to get into cybersecurity? Oh, I, I would definitely say networking. Just having good yeah. fundamentals in networking. Yeah, I agree. Because <clears throat> everything you're going to do with cybersecurity is network-related one way or another. 
Agreed. Yeah, and you're not going to think it is uh, when you kind of have like that that fantastical view of it, but it all comes. Yeah, definitely networking. Unless you, unless the computer working on is literally unplugged, it's right. it's networking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And even even if it is unplugged, it's probably still networking somehow or waiting to initiate some socket sessions once the cables plugged back in. Um, different coding languages you learned and what order did you learn them if it matters or any rhyme or reason to that so yeah I, I always had this this notion that python was like the end all be all like final boss um but honestly i would learn python first uh but as for what i did i learned i mean again i, I use it really lightly when i say coding um with html uh i think html is coding i have a hard time saying css is coding um, but just HTML, CSS, kind of get that structure for documentation and, and then kind of come in with your JavaScript. Because if you, if you try to learn something like JavaScript before you even know what HTML or PHP is, um, you're going to have a really, yeah, you're going to have a really hard time. And then I would say your, your backend, like your, not backend, that's a terrible word to use in that scenario. Um, like your, your later in your career languages, I would try to just kind of learn things that it's all going to be based on the company you're in. But if, if I had to give core things, it'd be HTML, JavaScript. Um, unfortunately, CSS comes along with that and Python. But if you want, go ahead and start Python first. And I if you really want to be old school about it, learn C++. <laughs> I think Python gives also a great foundation when it comes to one of the other core skills of working in security is Linux command line. I Absolutely, think yeah. in a way, it even there's a lot of overlap between Linux command line, Bash, and Python. Um, yeah, in I terms agree. of Definitely the way the, the logic is very similar, um, the structure, all that kind of thing. I, I would say that Python is basically Bash on steroids, is my right. perspective of it. Because I started working in Linux, and then I was doing stuff in Bash, and I was like, wait, I can do this better. And I did it in Python, and so that's that's my perspective of Python based upon my development. But um, I, I would, think there is I a would, lot of uh, yeah, I would tend to agree with you, and I and I think you you bring up a good point too. Is better than learning any of those languages, just learn Linux. Honestly, like learn Linux first because it's going to be one of the biggest tools that you can have. Also, it's one of the the biggest factors that that employers kind of ask for in in this yeah. kind of business. Yeah, they want they want Linux, uh, more or less sysadmin style st skills for Linux. Um, but do contribute pretty heavily to uh, a mid-range position. And certain, I, I I wouldn't say you have to be great at Linux or have like Linux Plus to get an entry level position. But depending on, if you're more on like the engineering and that kind of side of things, you're gonna definitely want to be certified and good in it. But yeah, absolutely. Linux, you'll you'll come to learn for anybody new in cybersecurity is one of the better lightweight operating system platforms just to do things on and <laughs> just be productive and just have work done. Um, right. Like I had to wipe some drives the other day and I was trying to use Derek's boot and nuke and it wasn't fucking work. And so I finally just gave up and put Ubuntu in a live USB and used Shred from the command line, and it worked. And it's just, it's just it, stuff like that. The, yeah, it's yeah. 
it, it, yeah, Linux is definitely an invaluable in in the industry room. It's not just a buzzword. Right. Um, Although people that only use Linux do tend to have a uh, a certain arrogance about this. <laughs> if you only use Linux and you feel the need to bring up Linux in normal conversation, then you, you're in the wrong field because you're like, yeah, I I have they have a very much a superiority complex. I would agree with you. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I was in don't, a don't don't be that guy. No, no, don't be. I was in a forum the other day trying to find an answer for a, uh, a DNS problem on Kali, and someone asked the same question in, in a Linux forum, and the forum after the first question, just I think twenty messages down was just all people like assaulting him for not knowing anything about dns while using cali they're like why why would you even use cali if you don't know the answer to this question it's like oh okay right. Great. unfortunately linux communities and cybersecurity communities do have some toxic offshoots but they're pretty easily avoidable just take everything with a grain of salt <laughs> last yeah, question definitely. we have here um d's hack the box from kyle uh, actually, I don't. No, I don't either. It's okay. I'm a mod yeah. and I don't. I should probably. I, I do wish that. I wish I had a really cool answer, but I, I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, I think that, and we're just just short of an hour here. Um, any? Uh, do you, well? Do you listen to Beers with Talos, the podcast? Uh, no, actually, don't. No, uh, you should. There, it's a Cisco Talos intelligence team does a podcast. But um, to steal to steal their thunder, uh, do you have a closing closing shot or parting thought? Um, no, I just uh, thank you guys for for doing this. I know I'm not uh, of the level that the Gibson was, but I, I really hope that I could provide a lot of the newer cybersec uh, up and coming professionals with kind of an avenue or a, a path. Or just kind of comfort knowing that someone that's actually in the industry also doesn't know things that you don't know. Um, and yeah, no, thank you guys. I'm, I'm very appreciative. All right. Uh, anybody have any last second questions here? Otherwise, we're going to shut it down. I'm going to give about 30 seconds for somebody to type something in Discord here. If you don't already have the invitation, let's see. Do I have it on my clipboard still? Gibble, being a Linux uh, purist, wants to know what distro of Linux you prefer. Uh, I, I like Mint for just kind of basic tasks. Um, but I mean, I, I, I love Kali. Just the just all the different variety of tools that you can get from Kali. Just I, I, I've been on it for about two years and I haven't gotten through every single tool. It's just there's there's so much. So yeah, definitely Kali. Gotcha. I I just use Ubuntu because I'm, I just it, oh, it works. Yeah, Ubuntu's, <laughs> Ubuntu's great too. It it's works. so yeah. Yeah, no, I I like Ubuntu. I do well. need to learn uh, Arch though. I I have one of my coworkers uses Arch, and um, I was bar I borrowed his uh, red box the other day that has Arch on it. I was like, I was I was pretty happy with it. Not gonna lie. So I, I might might transition. Yeah. I I think kind of any 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 Linux system you use, you'll you'll find you'll you'll fall in love with Linux. Is Linux is great. <clears throat> All right. Well, Arrow, thank you. 
uh, everyone who's still around and ask questions and all that, thank you. We'll try to get a replay of this posted up on YouTube for anyone who missed it. And yeah, have a good rest of your night. All right. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening.